On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, Jordan Evans joins us for an interview. We talked to Jordan about his time at OU, his NFL career with the Cincinnati Bengals, and the difference he is making in Norman's public school system. We hit on some of the latest news with Oklahoma football. And to finish up, we give you our winners and losers of the weekend. That's where we talk about OU softball winning it all. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, June 14th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in June from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 summer vacation promotion. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this on Sunday night. We've got former Oklahoma linebacker Jordan Evans on this episode, Ted, a fellow meathead of yours. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, he's a good dude, man. He's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's great. And you guys are going to enjoy that interview. But we, we have got a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. My wife is having a baby soon. I, I, do I say we're having a baby? That's that's a weird thing. Like we are having, but ba- she's having the baby. I'm not having the baby. But you could say, I, in my opinion, it is acceptable to say we are having a baby. Okay. It is not acceptable to say we are pregnant. Okay. In my opinion. Yes. Okay. That's that's perfect. So we are having a baby in the next ten days or so, Woo. hopefully. So well, we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to make some adjustments for the podcast, <laughs> right? Because we, who knows what dad life is going to be for me, what it's going to be like for me the first couple of weeks. So what we're going to do is we're not going to skip any episodes, but we are going to pre-record some things. Uh, we've got interviews with Landry Jones, Creed Humphrey, uh, Tennessee Titans pro bowler, Taylor Lewan. We've got all those lined up. And we're planning also on doing an episode where we just answer questions from listeners. So the way to get us your questions, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and comment with your question. 
It doesn't have to be football related necessarily. We will answer pretty much whatever. I mean, what could go wrong with telling people that? (laughs) Hey, it can only go right. That's it. Because we do at the end of the day have the ultimate editorial. You know, we, we cannot answer everything possibly. It's, it's going to get so weird, but just so you know, we're, we're not going to, I know some people that are having their first child may take some time off. No, 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 no. We, we will have something lined up so that we're not missing episodes for you guys. That's, that's how we roll. We're just, we're, we're no days off kind of guys. I cannot wait. Uh, let's see three, three, Three or four weeks in is whenever the sleep deprivation and it finally hits you. I think think that's whenever you're going to – I just can't wait to see you in that moment. You'll be fantastic. I don't – there's no doubts there, but there will be a rock-bottom feeling at some point. <laughs> well, that, that's a perfect transition to our first OU topic. <laughs> and – I hate that we have to start with this because Isaiah Thomas is a great kid and just sounds like he made a big mistake, right? Ted, he was arrested early Sunday morning for driving under the influence. And that also came with a failure to appear to court for a petty larceny charge. So of course this happens at two Oh eight in the morning, which, uh, Nothing, nothing good tends to happen. Oh, that's not true. You know, when you're in college, some good things happen that late, but I, he's one of the last kids I would expect this from man. I mean, this was a guy that was arguably their best player on defense last year. He's a leader in the locker room. He's a veteran guy. I, I was shocked when I saw this. I don't know how, but I like, I was like, out of all the guys, Isaiah Thomas would have been one of the last ones. If I was listening off guys that I thought would get arrested off that football team. Um, just, just a really bad mistake, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a bad mistake. Um, the good thing is at least as far as I know, um, Nobody was hurt. He didn't. He, he didn't have a, a a crash or anything. So that is a good thing. Um, the petty larceny deal. No idea what that is. It I, it could have been a disagreement with the neighbor over something that he was charged and never showed. I, I don't know what that is, but um, you're right. He's he's one of the guys that you wouldn't think. Like. There's always guys that over summer and whenever there's free time that the coaches, I'm sure, are worried about getting a phone call. Uh, and I wouldn't think Isaiah Thomas would be one of those guys that they'd, they'd be worried about. But um, I don't know. I, it's, it's something he, he will learn from. He'll have some type of punishment. I don't know what that will be, but hopefully he'll, he'll bounce back. And of course, uh, a DUI on your record is that's a big deal, man. That's expensive. Yep. Right? Yep. It's an it, it's an expensive mistake. So he's he's going to have to deal with the legal repercussions of that. But one of the worst things, and I'm not trying to make it sound like it's worse than the you know what happens 
to you from a legal standpoint, but man, having to get in front of your team after making a mistake like that, that's, that's tough. Uh, I can only imagine how tough that is going to be because he is viewed. He may be viewed as the leader of this football team, especially on the defensive side. I know the, you know, the quarterback is always viewed as a leader, but you talk about a veteran guy that plays the right way that coaches always reference as doing everything the right way. That's just, that's, that's not going to be fun when he, because if, if, when you're a leader like that, you got to get up, you got to apologize. You got to put it out all out there. And that is, whew, that is not going to be fun. No, it's not. Um, you know, and, and for him, this is, I, 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 I don't know him as well as, as the coaches around there and the players, obviously. So I've just, I've just watched him from a distance and this doesn't really fit like his, his persona and just doesn't really fit his, what I've seen, but it's going to be on that review whenever you talk about going to the next level. Right. And it's going to be one of those marks against you that you've got to explain away. And it's not the end of the world. You know, if you go out and have a fantastic season, like I think he's going to, it's one of those things that you just got to say, Hey, you know what? I made a stupid mistake. Um, you know, I made a bad decision and it's usually not that big of a deal, especially if it's not a history of things like that, you know, but it is something that's going to show up. So um, I just, I hope he bounces back. I hope he puts together a, a fantastic season, uh, just like I, I thought he was going to. And you're right, standing up in front of your teammates and acknowledging a mistake that you made is very difficult. Very difficult, but. Got it. It's, it's simple. And I, I'm sure you did the same thing I did, Ted. You got to make the freshman drive you. That's. Yeah. That's how it works. Sorry, freshman. You can't go to the bar. Uh, I'm sorry. You're driving us all. That's, that's your duty as a freshman. I mean, that's, that, did that system, has that system gone away? That I, I'll tell you that Uber was not around. I'll just tell you, Uber was not around. And there's was basically one taxi, A1 taxi that was driving around Norman late at night. So you couldn't hardly ever get that. So the freshman route was the way to go. Um, the Uber thing is like, it's the greatest invention ever for those kids, you know, to like, at the end of the day, there's really, there's really not an excuse. Yeah. That makes it, it, it makes it worse. It magnifies, uh, the stupidity of the decision he made there. There's no doubt about that. So man, that is in an already hectic month for Lincoln Riley and his staff. I can only imagine how pissed off they are about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you feel like you, you clear one hurdle and get one behind you. And you start to move on. You've got good news. You've opened up recruiting. Um, you're starting to get some other stuff going on. And here comes another one. It's just, you know, it's, hey, that's the life of a, a 
big time college football coach and program. I mean, you've got a hundred 18 to 22, 23 year olds to deal with, man. This stuff's going to come up and it's never going to stop. Yeah. Just, man, I know I've said it a lot, but man, that's the last kid I would have expected that from, but hopefully learns from it, grows from it. And, you know, it doesn't, it's not, I don't, I don't know. It sucks. Horrible decision, bad mistake, all those things. Ugh. Damn it. <laughs> okay. I thought we were just going to come on here. I mean, the plan, <laughs> Ted, was to talk about picture day, you know, because they had picture day this week. I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about picture day. How back in the day, you know, you used to go on the game field, you get your freshman picture with Bob. And when I went back and look at my freshman picture, I saw my hair and I was like, why does my hair look so bad? And it was because I was too scared to fix my hair because I thought Brody Eldridge and Matt Clapp would give me too much shit if I did my hair for picture day. Like, we were going to tell fun picture day stories and, oh, that's so and then there was this. <laughs> it's so bad that you get ridiculed so much that you're scared to look decent for pictures. You get yes, ridiculed for I that. was, I, I was, that's back in my tight end days. I was still, I was like, Oh no, they'll, they'll make fun of me. And it's like, now that I think back on it, it's like Matt clap had his hair in a ponytail. Like he wouldn't <laughs> have made fun of me. Guy, guy had his nipples pierced. He probably was going to let me slide. If I did my hair for picture day, oh I remember my, my mom was like, why didn't you, my mom got pissed. Like all the other tight ends told me like, Hey, don't smile. Do not smile. I was like, okay. So I'm scared. I'm not smiling. I look all serious. My hair looks awful. And then my mom sees the picture and she no, legitimately is like, what the hell were you thinking? Why aren't you smiling? What, it, what, what are you doing? I was like, I'm so sorry, mom. So the rest of them, I, I smiled from then on because my mother, my mom was so disappointed in me, Ted. So disappointed. Uh, that's funny. I, uh, my freshman picture day was so long ago that we were a step away from doing like the crazy, like action pose out there. You know, those, those old pictures, we held a football and we're like down on one knee with the football. With That's like what the, I did. You did that stupid yeah. picture too. <laughs> I mean, all the, all the Twitter stuff and like doing all this new cool stuff with, you know, to, you know, put it on the big screen and put it on, you know, all the social media platforms. Like that wasn't a thing when I was there. Oh, I mean, that, that's a big part of what they do and pushing out all of that material and on social media and it's marketing the program, but God, it seems exhausting as a player, like trying to look like, like trying to look the part all of the time. You know, because a lot of times it's like pictures of guys like out walking out to practice or getting ready for practice. I'm a mess on the way out to practice, okay? I'm not like posing for pictures with like my gloves undone and got my wristbands and stuff. It's so weird to me. <laughs> it's just like I'm, I'm trying to tape my wrists at the last second. Like I'm trying right. to do but yeah, yeah, you look at the stuff uh, that was kind of coming out of this. It, it, you mentioned it. it it's important for recruiting. Right. They they push it out on all the social media platforms. It's good for the kids, quote unquote, brand. Right. So it, it has become a big deal. And I was just thinking back, like, 
my number one goal of picture day was just just not sweat my ass off like because we did it outside now they get to do it there in the switzer center and have all these cool effects and everything i was just trying not to get sunburnt going out there and taking the group picture try not to sweat and try not to do anything stupid that might stick out in the group photo right just try and blend into the crowd somehow gosh (laughs) and then hopefully all the seniors don't cut you in the line whenever you went under the uh the west side of the stadium i don't I, i assume they don't do that anymore but oh that would that was that was always depressing. You're like two two people from the front, and then up oh, five more seniors just come and swoop right in front of you. And just like oh man, what's that? Or are you talking about for like individual pictures? Yeah, do you remember that under under the west side? I don't think we did that. Okay, did you have to do any of the stuff like the the stuff that they would put on the big screen, like to pump the crowd up? Mm-mm. Is there any Teddy Layman like? All right, Center Nation, let's get loud. <laughs> no, no, I would have been the worst guy for that anyways, not the pump-up guy. But no, I, we didn't have to do any of that. All we did was take the horrible kneeling picture with the football, take a position group picture, and then a group picture in the stands, and that was it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But we I think did we did it. we did it right before – like fan day or whatever it was where we all went and signed meet the Sooners meet the Sooners day where all the guys show up with the deflated footballs and try to sell them on eBay. Yeah. Were you there for the, were you there before they made the rule where it was only kids? I was. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was a lot. Backpacks full of blank footballs. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) I'll tell a story. When that rolls around, I'll tell a story about something Trent Williams did. I, I think I've told it on the radio before. It's <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay, one last piece of OU football news. Stacey Wilkins has entered the transfer portal. Um, maybe the weirdest thing about this whole thing is that he posted it on Facebook before what he posted he, it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like, how old are you, Stacey Wilkins? What in the world? Went on Facebook before it went on Twitter or Instagram. I was I was stunned, stunned. <laughs> but this is a guy. He, he's got talent. Uh, there's no doubt. But it, it's a it's a good reminder. Talent isn't everything. I have always gotten the sense that he was a guy that carried himself as a starter, that thought he should be a starter, but in all reality, maybe wasn't willing to do what it took day in and day out to earn one of those jobs. I, I do think he's got a pretty high ceiling and maybe a change of scenery is just what he needs to reach his potential. Maybe this will uh, cause him to reevaluate his approach to the game a little bit and maybe invest the time that you have to invest to, to really become a good to great college football player like it, it doesn't just happen you think he wants to be offensive line is that is, is, i mean that's he's i mean he's a tackle like i that's i i just don't i, I don't know where he's gonna go yeah. but beating bow is tough like he's he's not an easy man to play for there's no doubt about it but with how demanding Bill is, and then you kind of take a kid like 
Stacy Wilkins, who I've been told, you know, thought very highly of himself. If a guy thinks he's playing at a certain level and the coach thinks he's not, that's where you know, I think the the disconnect is. But you 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 wanted him for depth, there's no doubt, but you know, the portal is what it is now. It could be frustrating. There's no doubt if you're a, a upperclassman, an older guy, and you're getting passed up on the depth chart by younger guys, it, it feels like you're never going to get to see the field. So no, I, I, I understand if, if someone uh, needs a change of scenery, and maybe that's what it takes. Go somewhere else, uh, find the right system, you know, find yourself as a, a starter and, I, I, I've seen, I think a lot of guys turn into a totally different player whenever they're a starter than whenever they're the pressure of trying to be perfect on fewer and fewer reps is really difficult for a guy just to cut it loose and let their athleticism go. When you're a starter and you don't feel like every single rep is going to get you cycled back to the third string or whatever, then you start to relax and play with confidence. Yeah, we'll see. Wish him the best of luck. We'll see how how it goes for him. Okay, let's get to our interview with Jordan Evans. But first, First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. Bishop McGinnis students were welcomed back last August and saw very few interruptions in 2020. With a 12 to 1 to student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, here he is. Here's Jordan Evans. It is our pleasure to be joined by an OU legend. He is headed into his fifth year in the National Football League with the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's making a difference in the Norman community. Jordan Evans is in the house. What's up, man? What's happening? How you doing? We are good. We are good. Now, there's a lot of places I want to start, but this is where I'm going to start to kind of set the tone for the entire interview. Why do I see you shirtless on Twitter so much? There's there's lots of flexing. There's shirtless pictures. I get like, I, I know you're working, and it's not like you're posting workout videos. It's just, I feel like I've seen you shirtless more than I've seen a lot of men shirtless, and I got no problem with it. You're looking good, man, but uh, I just just put it out there like that, huh? Man, listen, I, if you go back and look, it's not me posting it directly. It's the people I train with, and I'm like, hey, if I think I look good, I might let other people get to see it. I'm trying to get, you know, get another little deal coming in or something. You never know what could happen. You got to make sure they throw the right filter on it and everything's the, yeah, the lighting yeah, make is sure, perfect. Exactly. I, make sure the lines look good. I tell him 
Gabe, every time I see this guy, he's grown an inch. I swear he left OU at like 6'2 and a half, maybe 6'3. Now he's, I swear he, he's 6'4, 255 every time I see him. The guy's gigantic. <laughs> How are you doing it, man? How are you continuing to get bigger and bigger? Man, honestly, uh, it's really a big shout-out to some of my trainers. Uh, Mahalo Wiggins was at me at OU. He's up in the city, so anytime I'm in Oklahoma, uh, I train with him. But at the same time, I live in Florida, and a guy named Cliff Brown, who's been my guy since 2017, uh, just works really, really well with me. And, uh, you know, I just have some goals for myself, and I know the longer – the better I take care of my body, the longer I can play. So that's kind of – I put a lot of emphasis in that during the offseason. Yeah, well – it, it's paying off. I've I've probably looked at the pictures a little longer than I should. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll fully admit that. Now, Jordan wanted wanted to get in a lot of things with you, but uh, l- let's start with your career at Oklahoma. And you know, I similar to me, you were an Oklahoma guy, but you had even more of a relationship, right? Dad played at OU, was a captain as a stud D tackle. Going back and looking at it, like, was OU really the only place? For you, was that the only place you really saw yourself ever going? And it's kind of crazy how it worked out, huh? Yeah, like if you went, when I look at it now, it's hundred percent like I was meant to be there. But if you had asked me back in high school, I was trying to get out. I was a huge Virginia Tech guy growing up, just because of Mike Vick. And so I was trying to send my tape to them all the time. And finally, my head coach in my high school was like, "Hey, they're not recruiting you." And you know. Oh, you came and offered, and three days later I committed. But it definitely like how my dad played there, growing up there, the connection I had there, and obviously how it turned out for me. It's a no-brainer deal that I was supposed to, and I was, I was supposed to be there. It was, if I remember right, was OU kind of late as well? Very, uh, yeah, very. They were late in in your recruiting as well, right? Yeah, they they offered me literally right before my state championship game. It was at uh, when they played uh, OSU. It was at the OSU game? I think when they won in overtime. Um, so it was the last game of the season, regular season for them, and it was going to the state championship game for me. It was like late November, early December. Uh, I went, I went to the game. I remember actually we just beat Owasso going to the state championship. That next morning we're watching film. Wade Stanley, my head coach, asked me if I was going to go to the OU game, and I was like, nah, because I was done at this point. I was like, there's only one game left. OU's not offering me. I'm on my way to New Mexico probably or something. And I remember Stanley telling me, hey, you, sh- you should go to the game today. And I was like, all right, I'll go. Next thing you know it, Coach Stoops came to the sideline. Hey, stick around after the game. We're off your full-ride scholarship. And I just was speechless. Like, wait, what? And, yeah, sure enough, when when the locker room after the game, he was like, yeah, we're off your full-ride scholarship. I was like, oh, wow. Went home, told my mom and dad. Three days later, I committed. I've always wondered, for the Norman guys in particular, right, and, and you and I were teammates. Uh, you were a freshman when I was a senior. And I, I've always wondered for the Norman guys, is it like, is there added pressure being from there? You know, cause I've uh, played with broils and it's like being from there I always felt like, man, those guys must really want to play well because if they don't like everyone they know was still around and they're all watching, like, did you ever feel more pressure being from there? Um, I don't know if I ever truly felt the pressure because in the, the day, like at Norman North, nobody went that far. So, like, I had no one to really set the standard. So, when I got there, I was like, ain't nobody else did this yet. So, I really didn't feel the pressure of, like, oh, I have to do good. It was more the fact that I already knew I made a, a step to where nobody else at my high school, personally, has been to. But at the same time, when you do have a bad game, everybody knows, you know, you're in Norman. 
So everybody definitely can reach out to you and say stuff to you, whether from a high school, Twitter, Instagram, people have too much access to be able to say what they want to say. But I never really felt as much as that, uh, that kind of pressure from it. Uh, if anything, more pressure was more because like, what my dad did there. Um, and, you know, he was, he was a pretty good stud. So the pressure came from that because I'm very competitive, especially when it came to what my father did. I kind of wanted to outdo him, but it was more of a sense of just making him proud. So whenever you look back, you have any, uh, like, just like the best moment? Um, sometimes it's a game. Sometimes it's, it, it can be a practice or, or an accomplishment. But whenever you look back, your time at Oklahoma, what do you cherish the most? Well, first off, I think both y'all agree with this. It's just that camaraderie that you develop with your teammates. Um, my four years there, uh, I, there's guys, whether I was close to them or not, that when I see them, it's like you never miss a step because of how close you get in that locker room. So a lot of the memories I have with some of my close friends at OU is some of the things that I just cherish the most. And, you know, I hold, hold on to that. Um, obviously, the games, the wins, the OU-Texas atmosphere, the Sugar Bowl wins, winning Big 12 championships, uh, those all pay, like, have a huge spot in my heart. So I probably could write a book about the things that I cherish the moment most, but definitely just the time that I spent with them on or off the field with my teammates. Yeah, I think that's kind of all of our favorite part about it. I mean, you remember, right. you know, winning big games with all those things, but it really is the, those relationships that last a lifetime. I'll tell you the play that – because when I was talking to you about coming on the pod, I kept thinking about, okay, memorable things Jordan did. And I – did you think you were going to die on that interception return against West Virginia? That was entirely too oh. far for you to run, man. <laughs> no, listen, listen. I'm actually cool at it because I ran the 100-meter – uh and track in uh, high school, I'm used to running. It was the fact that I pulled my. You were the four by one anchor, weren't you? No, I was uh, early in the year, but I, I was second leg, second leg. Okay, yeah. But uh, now nah, it was it was cold. Right out of halftime, my hammy grabbed on me, and I was sitting there like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" I was trying so hard just to like walk it off and not show that much of a limp. But no, nah, that 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 was that was frustrating because I was like, I feel like I just scored an 80 yard touchdown, and I had no chance to. Uh, to really like look cool going to the end zone, I was over there have a whole limp. <laughs> I feel like so that was towards the end of the season. You had like three weeks in a row, I think, with you had like big time plays like that. You had that West Virginia one, and you had did you have another interception or a fumble return right after that? Well, I had I had Kansas. I took one back. I had Doesn't count. It's Kansas. <laughs> yeah, it counts. Yeah, it always counts, uh, man. Then I had Baylor. I had the two sacks, two picks that game. And then I had um, West Virginia. I had a pick and a forced fumble that game. So I that last – because that first half of the season, I was kind of selling. And that Texas Tech game was, like, the most low in my life I've ever been. And so after that, I was like, I got to pick it up. Okay, so you you have a great college career, right? I did want to. I, I did have one more OU question for you because uh, a lot of the guys that played around the same time as you, right? Lincoln comes in as the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator while you're still there. And I, I, we've talked to some of the, we've had some of the offensive guys that were on then and talked about, okay, like when did you know that, you know, he was a special coordinator, kind of like a genius? What's, was it was that something that dawned on you quickly as a defensive guy? Because we always hear it from the offensive side. As a defensive guy going against that scheme, we were like, okay, yeah, th- yeah. Th- this guy's pretty good. 
Yeah, there was two things with Lincoln. The first thing was that made me that made me think Lincoln was for the team was I think he had just got there and that's when that whole SAE incident happened. And we had a little we wore that all black and it kind of marched and it was early in the morning and he was there. And he had just got there. He I didn't even know his name like that. And he was right there in line with us walking. So I first when I first saw that, I was like, okay, he's in tune with his players. Then that first spring ball. I think offense was low key. Like it was like tearing us up. We were like, bro, what is going on? Like, and and then obviously that junior year when we played Tennessee, that first half of that game, it was pretty stagnant by them. But that second half, they kind of exploded and you saw the potential that we had. And then from there we never looked back. And so Lincoln was special from that moment on. You got some uh you've been watching the backers at OU now. There's some dudes playing now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Samoa, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some guys that are playing really good. Um, they've they've changed some things defensively, but you know the scheme is a little bit different. But there's some dudes flying around out there. No, I love to see that. I'm I'm one of the biggest. Not gonna say one thing. I support them so much because I you know we've been there. You know what it's like, and you know the scrutiny that those players can face from outside world looking in, especially guys that don't know anything about football. So I'm very supportive of them. I still talk to Asamoa. Caleb Kelly's still there. Uh, um, uh, what's the name from Dallas? This went blank. Um, the other linebacker, 23. Oh, White. Deshaun yeah, yeah White. Deshaun White. You know, I, I, I was about to say, to Caleb Kelly was like a junior whenever you were a freshman. And he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he's an old man. He was a freshman <laughs> my senior year and he's still there. But I definitely tap in with them and always check up with them and see how they're doing. And, you know, I, I pray all of them reach their goals of aspirations of making it to the league. And so I try to be there for any support that I can be. But, yeah, I definitely enjoy watching them play. Like, I get goosebumps whenever they make big plays because, you know, linebackers, we got to stick together. Yeah, that is uh, – I mean, it's, you you turn into a fan. Like, even though you're still right. playing, like, you just turn into right. a fan and you're just, you're just hoping they succeed. Okay, let's get to your NFL stuff because it, it's been an interesting career so far yeah. for you, Jordan. You look at it, you end up getting drafted day three by Cincinnati – and you've kind of already done it all in your career from an individual standpoint where you've been a starter, you, you've been a backup, you, you've been a core special teams guy. Like It seems like each and every year your role has changed there in Cincinnati. Like, Has that been difficult for you? Are you just one of these guys where it's like, hey, I'll, I'll get in where I fit in? Like, What has that been like for you? Because that's normally not how it goes for a lot of guys. Yeah. And I'll honestly, if I'm being honest with you, it's been hard um, because at the end of the day, yes, I'll be that. I'll fit in where I can fit in because I'm trying to just be on the team and make the team. But, you know, for me, I have very high expectations of what I can do. And obviously, I want to be a starter and be out there making all the plays and this, that, and the third. So having that chance where I'm like, oh, I was a starter and I played a lot my first two years. I mean, I think my second year, I played almost 50 plus percent of snaps. And then my third year, I only played like 7%. Um, and then even going into my, the fourth year last year, I wasn't playing much. But then sometimes I'll get a start uh, versus Jacksonville, make a couple of plays. The next week, I don't play at all. So it's been up and down. And, you know, obviously, I've been consistently through all special teams. So it hasn't been the easiest process. But at the same time, I can't look too much on the negative because it's still a blessing that I'm even in the locker room. And, you know, Lord willing, I'll keep on staying patient, keep on working hard, that that opportunity that I want for myself is going to come. And Lord willing, coming this year. So, 
I'll tell you what's funny. Um, this, so this is my favorite Jordan Evans. I call this my favorite Jordan Evans play, but I was at your pro day. And mm-hmm. when you were running your 40, I was sitting in the bleachers, like right there at the, where, where they come across the line. And I was sitting next to, and I don't know if he's still there, but he was a special teams coach at Cincinnati. All right, so. Oh, Darren Simmons. Yeah. And yeah. he was sitting there in the bleachers. You run, we all time you, and <laughs> we all look at our watches. And he goes, What's, what'd you get? I said, what'd you get? He said, I don't want to tell you. I think I might be wrong. And I showed him, I had you at four, four, zero. And I think he had you at the exact same thing. And some other guys, I think had you in like the high four threes. That was my favorite moment because, and he was sitting right there and I could see his eyes light up. That yeah. was a huge moment, man. So uh, you made that impression right then on Cincinnati. That That's funny because I, you know, I, I always, I had the official four or five flat, but I heard some teams got me at a sub four four. So just know from now on, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I think I ran a sub four 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 three high <laughs> on my pro day. Hey, it but, only as long as one person has it on the watch. Exactly, that's all that matters. exactly. But now he actually, when I came in for a visit, so Darren Sim is still there. I'm real close with him. I I respect him very much as a coach. He's a great coach. But um, when I remember when I went there, my rookie year for a visit. He, he told me, like, he's like, I had you at an extremely fast 40 time and we watched my film because he's like, I don't know if I see it here. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a brutal kind of meeting, but at least, he, you know, he's honest, and that's kind of why I respect him so much. So with, with your you, – you talked about how it's been difficult for you with kind of the changing role. Mm-hmm. You throw a coaching change in the middle yeah. of all that, right? You go from right. Marvin Lewis to now you've got Zach Taylor. What, what has that been like? for you and, and for the other guys in that locker room that have been with you this entire time? Yeah, no, it's definitely different. I mean, you know, coaches, when coaches change, a scheme change, the agenda changes, players change. So I think that's the biggest thing that when people who aren't in the locker room, like you guys that don't understand is being a professional that comes with that kind of stuff. Um, so just that has also, like you said, I've kind of been through it all when it comes on the field, but also from the coaching staff and organization aspect. So I feel like, my maturation as a player, as a pro, is a lot farther along than it could have been, which I'm happy for. And that's why I think each and every year, whenever something is thrown at me, I'm, I'm fully prepared for it. I'm able to find a way because, like I said, I'm trying to play. And, you know, luckily the coaches that I've had, they've all been good coaches. It's just the fact that developing that culture and that, like that camaraderie with the new, new staff and new system it does take a little time, but it's just something that I got to do. You know, the, the quarterback's critical for everyone, man. You can have mm-hmm. a really good team, but if you don't have the guy there that, number one, the whole team believes in. Everyone's got to believe right. in their guy, uh, but that guy also has to be able to get it done. And they, they go out to get Joe Burrow, had that amazing senior year at LSU, um, and did some really good things his rookie year before that ACL. He was getting destroyed, but it looked yeah. from, the, from the outside looking in, you know, it looked like he earned a lot of people's respect by sitting in there, taking those shots and, you know, sitting in the pocket day after day. It it, yeah. it just felt and it may be the same, maybe different, but it felt like everyone on the team kind of they looked at this guy's like, OK, I, I can roll with this a little bit. Yeah, we respected him. You know, when uh, when he first gets drafted, uh, we obviously had an idea. And then when you get during we didn't have OTAs, but we get to training camp. 
I mean, I asked opposite guys. I asked Joe Mixon, like, hey, what you think of him? And Joe's like, no, nah, he's, he's going to be good. He had this, you know, everyone says that it factor, you know, and he had that quote-unquote it when it came to the locker room where he just gained everybody's respect and we kind of put that trust in him. And he went out there and, he, you know, there was things where he did really, really well as a rookie. And you're like, okay, this guy has a lot of potential. So the assignment we have coming this season, you know, he's going to be healthy and everything turns out fine. We're, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he's going to be able to do for us this year. And, you know, shoot, we're do it. Uh, I've been in the league for four years and haven't had a winning season yet, so I'm ready for him. Yeah, I, I think we all think that Burrow's going to be the re- real deal. Just got to keep him healthy. Right. You, you mentioned Mixon. What, what's it like been a, being able to play with one of your college teammates there? In Honestly, Cincinnati? it's amazing. It's and he's amazing, an incredibly bro. gifted player. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been great. We we talk about it. We were talking about it just recently. I'm like, bro, Joe, we've been teammates going on eight years now. You know? That's crazy. Like, right. Three years in college, and we're going on year five together in the league. And we got drafted the same year. Me and was cool in college. So our rookie year, when it's the biggest adjustment, we was with each other like every night going out to eat, um, hanging out with each other. So that's like that's like one of my closest friends. And being able to see him have his success that he's having and that he's going to continue to have obviously makes me happy. Uh, but it's been great. And then now we have, you know, Samaj has been out there for a couple of years with us. We got um, we had Austin Cyber last year. Ronnie Anderson was there. Amani Bless is with us right now. So we have a pretty good little OU knit. And, you know, we make sure the other guys in the locker room here about the about OU. <laughs> well, and your head coach is from Norman, which is right. really weird. I mean, I know he's not an OU guy, but that's that's kind of a unique thing that your head coach mm-hmm. is from your town and kind of knows your area where you grew up and everything. That's right. Not most guys don't don't have that type of connection when it's a smaller town like Norman. Exactly, and that was a very unique thing. You know, I was you know anybody from Norman just because I'm from there, I'm always excited to see them succeed. So seeing Zach go through what he went through as Nebraska, and then all these GAs, and then these with the Rams. We brought him over as head coaching job for the uh, Bengals. I was just excited for him just to see a guy from Norman be able to do what he's doing. And obviously, it makes me happy that there's somebody close from home. So hopefully, they can understand myself better. And we have a pretty good relationship. And I'm just hoping that we come out and win and he continues to have a lot of success. So, well, one of the reasons that it's been a little difficult for you guys to put together winning seasons is the division you're in has gotten damn yeah, good. AFC North. Yeah. I mean the the AFC North. I I played in it, and it's it's a competitive division, but it, it's at a new level now. When you look at what Baker and the Browns have going on, uh, you guys, the Steelers yeah. are still one of the most consistent franchises in the league, and then of course you've got the Ravens. So, right, you, you've got you've got a lot of good players and a lot of OU guys in that division. Yeah. So, I, just how fun is it being in a in a division that competitive that also has that many Sooners in it. No, it's so fun. And I also think it's funny because OU in the Big 12, we get knocked for our physicality. We get knocked for our defense. But look how many AFC, AFC North players, which is one of the most physical divisions football has, a whole bunch of OU guys. So, But it's also fun because each and every week it's like a reunion, you know. Um, we go to Cleveland, obviously Baker's there. Baltimore has like five of us. Um we have a lot. The Steelers don't really have any of them, I'm not mistaken. But it's just cool because at the same time, I played with those guys, so I obviously support them and root for them when they're not playing us. But it's cool seeing, like, Orlando, now he's with the Chiefs, getting getting his opportunities, seeing what Mark Andrews has been doing, you know, Hollywood, uh, Ben Powers, you know, all that stuff. So it's just 
you know, we have our own little knit group of people when it comes from coming to OU and supporting each other. So seeing people do that at the highest level is definitely fun. And I already told a lot of those guys I'm going to need their jerseys here real soon. You got your hooks in Baker yet out there on the field? I no. got a feeling he talks a tremendous amount of shit to the guys that he used to play with. <laughs> he, had, he hasn't with us. I remember my second year when I was playing more. First snap of the game, he looked at me, gave me a little wink, and I just started laughing. And, <laughs> and then uh, that same game, I was chasing him out of bounds, and he ran out of bounds. He's like, I know you want to hit me. I said, bro, you don't know how bad I wanted to clean you. <laughs> so if I ever get an opportunity, trust me, I am. But he, he's a great player. He's not going to take that in. They got a good thing going for him, but you know, be careful. It might cost, may cost you twenty five k if you don't do it. It properly. might be worth it. It might be worth it. I ain't never got to hit back. You always wore a blue jersey at OU. <laughs> Have that FedEx in your locker, bro. You you don't want those <laughs> yeah, problems. That, yeah, I don't want that. That's true. They fine you for such. I got fined last year for socks for seven thousand dollars. Oh, God. it's like it's ridiculous how much they just, fine you for little things. Just makes your stomach hurt. Uh, how exactly. how's the off season? Uh, how's it going right great. now? OTAs, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure mini camp right, right around the corner. Uh, how's that been? It's, a, it's been good. Uh, like I said, I was in Florida training. Uh, we ended up deciding as a team to come back May 24th. We've been out there the past three, four weeks. There's a lot of install, walkthroughs, making sure we're on our P's and Q's. Uh, like we said, we're doing this now just to set us up for what's going to come in training camp. We got mandatory mini camp coming up, and I head back to Florida. Just get back on my training, so I come back in the best shape and you know, ready to go play 17 games this year. Would you, so I feel like last year, guys that take care of themselves and have the right approach last year was probably fine. You had more Mm -hmm. time off, but you got to work on your body and do the things that you want. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, this still to be in the football building and everything. What's it like looking back last year? Was that a good thing, a bad thing? And are you happy to be back? Do you feel like you could do it on your own? Kind of what are those feelings? Personally, I feel like I loved how it was last year. I love because the amount of training that I was able to do, uh, it was definitely in my benefit. Um, I think overall for the NFL it was because there was like 20% less season-ending injuries last year compared to the years before. Um, but for me, that's what I was talking about earlier about being a pro. If you're not coming to training camp in shape, that's your fault because you're a pro. That's your job at this point to be able to do that. And, you know, you know what happens if you're not in shape, you don't play well, you get cut. That's just part of what it is. But at the same time, being around the team, doing the stuff, that we're still football players. We love playing with each other. We love being in the locker with each other. So either side, for me, I was going to take full advantage of it. Last year, I took full advantage of the amount of time I had training. This year, I'm going to take full advantage of what I'm being in the locker room, studying the film, studying the playbook. But, you know, either way, for me, I, I'm going to be all right. But I definitely did like that extended uh, offseason for sure. Yeah, it allowed him to – Post more shirtless pictures. <laughs> I had it. I don't know if y'all saw that transformation, man. I went from look good, dude. I'm telling you, two thirty. I, I was trying to get right. You look good. I won't look even good lie, at two fifty. I can't imagine two thirty. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, one thing I definitely wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about is what you're doing with the administration there, uh, with Norman Public Schools, right? You've helped create a new class called Ethnic Studies. Sounds like it'll be available to students in that school system. Just walk us through this entire thing. How did this all come together? Yeah, so last year uh, I was in Florida, uh, and it was just during, you know, last year was kind of a crazy year with the COVID, but also was just some racial injustice issues. And uh, I've been had this kind of thought on my mind uh, about discourse or about adding certain things to our history books or to our history classes. 
And finally, I just called some people up at the Norman Public Schools Administration. My mom works at the office, so she was able to get some contact with people as well. Had a meeting, talked it out. A year goes by, uh, and the, the curriculum was made. And like I said, it's an introduction to ethnic studies. So it's really just studying everybody's cultures, especially, you know, uh, in Oklahoma, so that we can understand people, understand people's backgrounds. And so it creates a better environment. So, you know, you guys know being a locker room, you guys put in or you guys are put in a locker room with a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds. But sports is a way that we mesh with everybody because you guys understand each other because y'all get to know each other because we're in each other's locker room. We'll transition that to learning each other's culture through studies. Then my, I and hopes it makes our community in a better place. So, yeah, it's just a this is an ethnic class that's going to teach kids about other cultures different from their own, and just in hopes it makes the community better. You know. Yeah, that's really that's good. cool. Yep, that's cool. Um, you're right, dude. You you come into like for for me, I was from a small town, and I went to I went to kindergarten with the same guys I graduated high school with. And I went to college and walk into the locker room. It's like, wow. You know, there's people from all over the country, uh, different cultures, different backgrounds. And, you know, you're, you're kind of not, I don't mean to be say forced into that, but you're thrown in there and it's great to learn. So people that don't ever have that opportunity never get to experience that. So yeah, let's throw it out there. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I just, you know, it's offered from 10th to 12th graders at Norman North and Norman high right now. I've had some feedback from kids that I'm still close with that are, they told me they're taking the course this year. So I just really hope it turns out well. We get some, get some statistics behind it, get some interviews from the kids that took the class and hopefully it's like a ripple, a ripple effect and goes to different cities all throughout Oklahoma. Well, I feel like, you know, uh, one of the goals as a player is always to leave a legacy. Right. right? And dude, that's pretty damn cool that, you, you played that. a pivotal pivotal role in doing that because who knows how many kids that will affect you know that's uh, mm-hmm. that that goes beyond the football field right yeah yeah you always gotta at least do your part so lord willing that that turns out well man. yeah that's awesome man well we appreciate the time um incredibly proud of you and, and the career you're putting together it, it's been fun to watch uh, i hope you get that starting role this year, yeah. bro. Just I've been keep fighting working. for it, trust me. <laughs> just keep working yeah, will. sooner, man. Man, appreciate y'all for real. It means a lot, especially hearing from you guys and knowing that the support's there. That goes a lot longer than a long way than I can express. So appreciate y'all. He's put together a nice career, Ted. Yes. Going on year five, fully, fully vested in all the pension stuff. Check. He's vested. He's uh, taking great care of himself. He's got a chance to be a fitness model, maybe after after football. <laughs> He's doing it right, man. I love uh, he. Did, I don't think he anticipated that being the first question <laughs> of that interview. I, yeah, I would imagine he didn't. That was good. All right, let's get to our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers. With 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest, Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. 
Pershing Insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And make sure you connect with our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path of losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Well, I thought about going with Kyler Murray in that Sports Illustrated interview. <laughs> I asked him if he was a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, he Growing said, up. <laughs> blank, no. They were always asked. That, I think that is the funniest thing of all time. It's the ultimate troll of Cowboys fans. It's the greatest. I, I saw him say that. And my initial reaction, no bullshit, my initial reaction was, did Teddy Lehman pay him to say that? <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, that was fantastic. Ah, Kyler, you're my guy, man. You are my guy. But I had to settle on it. College football playoff, 12 teams. Let's go. Hey, I. is it perfect? Is this the the system that they put out there perfect is this what it's going to end up being i'm not sure there may be some tweaks to it but expanding to 12 i think ultimately is a great thing for college football the 14 playoff has been good i think there's been some unintended consequences of of just four teams getting in i the same teams year after year and, and really reaping all the benefits from that and separating. So the fact that it looks like expansion is inevitable and it looks like it may come pretty quick, 2023, perhaps I think that's a good thing for college football. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that it's, it, it comes down to growing college football, right? And I thought Bob Bowlesby said something that was so funny to me. It was something to the effect of, yeah, we really didn't anticipate how hard it would be for us that didn't make the college football playoff that year. And it's like, really? You, you didn't think that, that was going to suck? Like, it was one of those things. But it's, it's about growing the game and keeping more fans intrigued for more of the season and – I will never, I will never, Teddy, I want you to slap me. If I ever start complaining about more good college football games, if I ever start complaining about more good games in any sport, just slap me. Okay. Not too hard. Like, like a gentle, did you ever, did you ever watch how I met your mother? No. Okay, good. Never mind. Don't, don't look up what I'm talking about then. I wrote this down. And you know, I'm always looking for a reason to slap somebody. So it may hit you when you least expect it. Like I will like, don't let anything slip on my pow. 
whenever we're out at a pregame meal or something. Okay. For any so, How I Met Your Mother fans out there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just like Slapsgiving. Not good. <laughs> Not good. Here's it, one more note on the college football playoff. Um, this is amazing to me. So the first playoff national championship against, uh, it was, what was it, Florida State or is Oregon, Ohio State, right? Yeah. It had 36 million viewers. Last year, Alabama, Ohio State, you can't get any bigger than those two teams, 18 million. The viewership has gone down by half. So this isn't about being fair and wanting more people to be able to play. It's that they've got a viewership problem with the same teams making it every year. Like, that's what they see. There is definitely a viewer problem there so uh, I thought that number was shocking but whenever you see it it lets you know that the the 14 playoff had gone bad and people were tuning it out so they needed something to reignite the fire Uh, again I don't think this system is perfect I would prefer the first two rounds to be played on site not in bowls I think playing two bowl games is dumb I I think making fans travel three times is would be really, really unfortunate. I do, but I have always felt that college football is best when it's played on a campus. I would, I would love for the 12 team playoffs. I'd love for only the national championship game to be a neutral site game. Yeah. Honestly, I would I would love that. Now that'll never happen, right? Of the but, bowl system, yeah. But do you think they can just get away with? I don't know. Could, could it just be the semis and the finals? Yeah. I, I, I think that's how it should be. But you know how bowl cronyism works. Like I, I, I don't do. know if they'll be able to rid themselves of those relationships. I, I don't know. I, I mean. Maybe they're not going to be able to, but I'll tell you right now, whenever they're, if I'm in charge of the college football playoff and I'm, I'm the head of the committee and I'm sitting in the room and the people in the bowl are over there saying, well, we want to be a part of the playoff. We want our bowl in. I'm sitting here thinking, we don't need you guys at all. No, we don't need any of you for any of it at all, period. So I don't, you don't. Like your voice in the matter is, is like this big to me. I don't even care about it. Now, I, I, I would like to see all those bowls continue to happen. I would, but um, I think it should only be the semifinal just like it is now. That's going to be hard to do. I get that. But I think ultimately, Gabe, when they see what a home playoff game is, if – Notre Dame has to travel to Oklahoma to play in a playoff game, or if Oklahoma has to go to Florida in Gainesville, or that is going to be the most a a winner take all winner you're done atmosphere. You didn't even know you were going to be playing the week before. It is going to be the craziest show college football has ever seen. It's going to be unbelievable, and the teams that get the buy that don't get to host a game are going to say, we want that on our campus. 
That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I, I think, think that after they see what it's like in that that first round, they wanted they'll want to do the second round too. But I could be wrong. No, I I think you're you're definitely right. And just hearing you paint that picture, it is going to be. And why can't it happen next year? Why can't it happen next year? Why, did, what does it take two oh years? My God. I don't know. I don't know. That That's the most frustrating thing about college football is they are so slow. Even after they showed us that they don't have to be, whenever they put together a road game in 72 hours with BYU and Coastal Carolina, things don't have to move at a snail's pace. Just do it. Uh, you know, I'm so used to them doing everything 10 years out that 2023 seems like tomorrow to me. So I'm, I was actually kind of happy about that. You're like, Oh, that's actually, that's actually pretty soon. That's nice. decent. That's decent. All so, right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? I've, I've got to go with what I think is going to be the NBA. Now I know that um, there was a lot of people like me rooting against the Los Angeles Lakers and thought it was hilarious that they took that first round exit. But here's what we're looking at. Um, you could have, I don't know, the Hawks or the Sixers, maybe the Bucks, even, even if it's the Nets against maybe the Suns or the Jazz in the finals. I got to tell you, the NBA from Golden State taking on Cleveland's LeBron James and where it is absolute, cannot miss. You Either you love the Golden State Warriors or you hate them. You love LeBron or you hate them. That was cannot miss NBA Finals. And what we've got left right now, it could end up being, and I don't know what the combination is going to be. I think everyone's still has some type of chance of making I'll, it. I'll tell it you right. It could be a worst-case scenario for the NBA. Uh, Jokic just got ejected in game four. Okay, uh, well, so, so we'll see the Suns there. <laughs> so I think that's going to uh, – there's still eight minutes and some change left in that game, but I think the Suns are going to sweep the old Nuggets there without the MVP on the court. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. It, a lot of people – like to say that they love when there's parody and people talk about it in college football, talk about it in the NFL, talk about how they want it in the NBA. And then you get to this point, right? Where you've got some parody where it feels like anyone can win it. And people just start bitching because yeah. they're like, wait, 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 this sucks. Yeah. It's I, I am a fan of it because I'm a thunder fan. So I knew the Thunder weren't going to be a factor this year. So I am just enjoying the basketball because it, it's great basketball. I don't care who wins, but yeah, LeBron James not being in the playoffs still, that that takes away from the playoffs. I mean, it does. Steph Curry not being in the playoffs, that takes away. Like the league has become a league that is focused on stars and some of the biggest stars in the game are in the playoffs right now and people are – it seems like they're just realizing, oh, this kind of this kind of sucks. Well, you know, the NBA has created a weird. Um, it, there's a weird dynamic with so many guys moving these days. There's more fans of individual players right. than there are of franchises, 
And that's really not the way it is in football, uh, college football and NFL football. You're a, you're a Cowboys fan or you're a, or whoever your team is. So I think parody in those teams is looked at differently than it is in the NBA right now that it's a superstar driven league. And if you got parody and someone gets in and there's no superstars that you're, your TV ratings, like I still think it's cool, and I think it's going to be great to see some new blood in there. But methinks it's not going to be, um, uh, it's not going to show up in the TV ratings that way. You're you're not pumped for the Bucks Suns finals? No. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, yes, sure, yeah, I'm pumped for that. Okay, I'm pumped for that. How many free throws do you want to see Giannis miss? Uh, all of them. Okay, good. Nice. And I, and this will be another really cool opportunity to see someone who was just with the thunder win a championship somewhere else. It's amazing how often that happens. Never happens. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but I'm enjoying the NBA playoffs, but I, I definitely know what you're saying. It, I, I think just like you're saying, I think for a lot of people, it, uh, it, it lacks sizzle. It just does. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but yeah, when the TV ratings come out for the finals, now depending on, and there's still a lot of basketball to be played, but depending on how things shake out, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some reports like, oh my gosh, did you see the horrible ratings for the NBA finals? I, well, I won't I be think shocked. The, I think the, uh, at least game one and game two of the women's college world series was beating the, a, a lot of the NBA playoff numbers. So that's kind of where they're at right now. Yeah. All right, guys, spring is here and you know what that means. It's hard seltzer season. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast. And that is Will and Wiley hard seltzer from Coop Ale Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool at the lake and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. And Teddy, as we were recording this, I got a tweet from Jonathan Grant on Twitter that said, I thought you'd say on your podcast that Will and Wiley is the only hard seltzer you drink. And it was, it was a comment on a picture that I posted this weekend of a Sonic hard seltzer and a <laughs> Will and Wiley. And <laughs> Okay, Jonathan, let me explain something to you real quick. Our allegiances lie with Coop Ale Works. Coop Ale Works makes both of them. So I can drink this, drink them as I please, Jonathan. Leave me alone. <laughs> but thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. Look I, at I you double that. barreling, too. How about that? Drank them at the same time, one hand, brother. <laughs> awesome. Those Sonic ones are good. They Cherry are. Limeade, legit. Delicious. Awesome. Okay. My winner of the weekend thought about going with Baker Mayfield, right? Got to show off the swing a little bit at Jarvis Landry's charity softball game. He won the home run derby or co-won. I don't know how there wasn't some sort of tiebreaker, but most importantly, he, he was almost my winner because of what Jarvis Landry was saying about Odell Beckham Jr. I guess they all worked out in Austin together something that Baker put together and Jarvis Landry was saying that OBJ was out there doing his normal thing right 
running, cutting, jumping off one leg, one hand in it, said he looked amazing already. And he's, I don't even think he's seven months out from surgery. So that's, that's got to be very exciting for Baker, Ted. It is um, full complements of weapons. They've, I feel like they've drafted really well. Gosh, I feel like they've drafted well going back quite some time now. That team is absolutely loaded with talent. They don't have really any excuses left. They've got plenty of talent defensively. They've got plenty of players offensively. They've bolstered that offensive line. Um, if he gets all of his guys back, they're healthy. They could make a serious, serious run next year. Yeah, and they've they've got high expectations. So we'll we'll see. But I also thought about going with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they even up the series at two games apiece with the Brooklyn Nets. But I I, I want to give the Bucks credit, Ted. I do, but I just don't know how much credit to give them. James Harden is hurt, and now Kyrie Irving rolled the absolute shit out of his ankle and never came back. Oof. And the Nets were what the about same. Blake Griffin? He never came back in this in like after what midway through the third, right? Yeah. So I mean, they just everyone for the Nets is hurt. And I know some people say injuries are part of the game, and that is true, but I'm not just blown away by Milwaukee because they have even the series against the Nets teams that now was just all hurt. I mean, what are they? They better wrap Durant and bubble wrap tonight. I know. I that was that's pretty crazy that they've been they've been hit like that. I don't know what the status is moving forward. Um, maybe they didn't bring Blake Griffin back in because they saw the game that had already slipped away and just didn't want to. After Kyrie got hurt, it's like, hey, let's not throw anyone else out there. But I don't know what his status is going to be, but you're right. I mean, that ankle was like – his foot was upside down. He rolled it so hard. So Never good when the outside yeah. ankle bone bounces off the court. Oh, just brutal, man. Just brutal. Those, those guys, you just land on a foot, man. You never know. You, you, you've done everything right. You've taken care of your body. You land on someone's foot grabbing a rebound, and it's over. I've done that before, and it was terrible. Yeah, so, and it was yeah. Giannis's foot. That's a big foot. Yeah, yeah. His foot goes all the way across the lane. It's hard to miss. Yeah, Giannis had 34. Played pretty well. Still not impressed. Nets are hurt. I, I didn't. I didn't think I'd feel this way. But like, I'm upset that they're so banged up. I wanted I to watch it. Like, we've talked about how much fun it is to watch them play, and now they're all hurt, and I don't get to see it. Oh, oh, I don't know. A week or so ago, before Harden's uh, hamstring. I declared the NBA playoffs uh, a farce that the Nets were just going to cruise through and destroy everyone. Remember Here when they are. were up 2-0 on the, on the Bucks and everyone was like, the Bucks suck. They got to blow it up. They got to do something <laughs> different. Like that was, that was only a couple of days ago. <laughs> now it's 2-2 with Kyrie's out. I don't know. And that, man, that looked bad. Oh, it's so painful. But okay, my winner of the weekend, we haven't gotten to talk about it, Ted. The Oklahoma Sooners softball team, my winner of the weekend. They are the 2021 softball national champions. They beat Florida State 5-1 in what I would describe as a, uh, a game that lacked drama. 
Yeah. And I got to be there in person, got to sit next to Patty Gasso's husband the entire game. It was nice. sat next to all those alumni, uh, several of the girls that played softball when I was in college. It was rowdy and it was fun. Jocelyn Allo got the party started there with the bomb in the first. And then Jada Coleman, man, that is, that's a talented freshman. Uh, she goes yard and then drives in two more runs. And what was nearly another homer for, but this, this game will probably be remembered as the Juarez game, right? Mm -hmm. First time in her career that she went complete games on back-to-back -back days. It was, and the crazy thing, I, I was talking to some of the, some of the players about it and Patty Gasso benched her leading up to the women's college world series. Yep. I mean, benched her, told her, hey, we, you, you got to figure it out. We need you to be you. Let her take some time for herself. And man, did she respond, Ted, because she goes 5-0 and in the Women's College World Series and throws an absolute gem in game three where, let's be real, Florida State only scores a run because of the damn sun, right? That's right. So, and I, it was so weird. They scored that a hit in an earned run, which was so weird to me. Um, I, I thought she should have just had one hit. The first batter of the day ripped a double to right center. And after that, she was absolute nails. Um, you know, and here's another thing that I thought was interesting. She's usually pretty reserved, pretty out, out, out there in the circle she's she's kind of a, a laid-back personality i would say um understated but those last two games game two and game three she had some fire behind her and she had her best stuff going out there she was amazing she was fantastic to watch it was awesome yeah for for a player that didn't have a great season especially by her standards right and had trouble coming back off that biceps tendon surgery and man that is one of one of the more clutch performances that i can remember remember in ou history i mean she was she was spectacular and as a result patty gasso gets her fifth title as a head coach there in norman and maybe that whole situation with gwars speaks to the brilliance of patty gasso and it's a good reminder that Coaches know their teams and their players yep. better than other people. For her to to do that with Juarez and for Juarez to respond like that, that's I mean, that's that's the highest level of coaching, right? Knowing yep. your players that intimately, knowing that she would respond in the way she did, or just challenging her in general, knowing you can challenge her that way. That I mean, Patty's she's arguably the greatest ever at this yep. and and i i heard that story from a couple different people i was like wow that uh that speaks to just how great she is as a coach well you know it's it's amazing to to know the team that well and to know the player that well and to be able that late in the game to go to that type of move to motivate someone but on the other hand it also shows how talented this team is that she would do that when she did it, you know, and be like, right. you know, we are good enough offensively and defensively that 
I can I can make some moves at pitcher, and I still think we're going to be okay right now. Like we need these our best girls down the stretch, but right now I can I can go into my bag of tricks to to start getting some of their best play out. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna win this with you or without you, but <laughs> I think we want you. I think we're gonna need you. So figure it out. But so. That team, they set a ridiculous amount of NCAA records this season. Uh, but maybe the most impressive thing is how they responded after losing that first game in the Women's College World Series to JMU. They take the long route and win the national championship. And they had their national championship on their national championship celebration there in Norman on Saturday night. And one thing was made very, very, very clear, Ted. And that is the fact that Patty Gasso wants a new stadium. <laughs> he wants it. And I know it's a lot of money, but I got a feeling that that thing's getting done after what we just watched. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Um, she deserves it. They deserve it. Uh, I, it's just, it's awesome to watch, man. Proud of them. Proud of uh, what that po- program has become. Uh, I, proud of what, college softball has become you know and Oklahoma's showing that yeah there was a time whenever whoever had the best pitcher won it you know and the pitcher would go out there and just you know rip it all day long no one could hit them and off you go Oklahoma has changed that Um, they are a team that is so good offensively and so good defensively They've got a bunch of different ways that they can beat you. They can beat you with great pitching, as we saw with G. Juarez. They can beat you with great offense whenever you have an unbelievable pitcher. You look at the 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 group of pitchers they went through in the tournament, it's it's amazing. And uh, they put up runs all along the way. Uh, they're just fantastic. I hope they do get that new stadium. If I had the money, I'd build it myself. Patty's Palace, coming soon. No doubt about it. it. Okay, for my loser of the weekend, thought about going with European soccer because they're playing the Euro 2020 right now. It's 2021, guys. I I, I know you didn't want to reprint <laughs> the signs and the T-shirts. Like, I get it. I get it. But, guys, what are we doing? Still calling it Euro 2020. It just it, it confuses me every time. I'm sick of it. But also, dude, that guy from Denmark. Yeah in their game against Finland. That was so damn scary. Uh, I mean, Christian Erickson, if you haven't seen it, uh, I don't recommend watching it. I just happened to be watching the game. And I mean, the guy had a heart attack during the game yeah. on the field. And they brought him back to life, Teddy. It's crazy. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Defibrillator, they go out there, they bring him back. Um, the um, the head trainer for them said that he was he was dead out, out there on the field and they resuscitated him. Um, you know, it's I'm not going to say that this is common, but guys collapsing and uh, dying of heart failure, heart attack issues in soccer is something that happens uh, way more than you would expect. Um, through all different levels. I guess it's just because it's such a uh, cardiovascular game. I don't it exposes heart issues. Maybe I don't know, 
but you could tell that they were prepared for something like that to happen. They acted quickly, uh, had the defibrillator out there. That's why it's incredibly important. Anytime you're around anything that has, has to do with physical activity, you've got to have one of those and saved a life. That was awesome. Yeah. It was so scouts like what in the world? And for them to finish the game, that also died. I, I know some yeah, that people was were, weird. some people are giving them a hard time for it, but it sounds like they just, the players, they asked him if they wanted to play and they said, yeah, sure. He'd want us to play. And I guess they talked to him. I don't know, but oh boy, you watch it. You watch your teammate die and get brought back to life on the field. And then you go out there and play. I, whew. I was at a Detroit Red Wings game one time. And I can't remember who they were playing, but um, in the middle of the game, you know, second period or something, normal game action, and then all the Red Wing players from their bench, like, they jump out and they're, like, scattering across the ice. They're flying all over the place. Uh, someone like goes and grabs like a defibrillator, but I didn't know what they were doing at all. You couldn't tell. It just looked like mass chaos. Someone like came off the ice and collapsed into the bench and had a heart attack, heart failure. And they saved him right there. I can't remember who it was. It's been so long ago, but the game was over canceled done right there. It was crazy. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah, very. If there was anyone that I think would keep playing after that, it's hockey guys. Those dudes are insane. Yeah, I, yes, yes, they are. But that it was it was weird, and they just came on and said the game's canceled. So <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. Like, all right then. Okay, I also thought about going with Leon Edwards, right? Because he <laughs> wins the fight against Nate Diaz, but it somehow feels like he lost, and Diaz probably should have knocked him out. It had him, and instead of finishing him off, he just started pointing at him and taunting him. It was so weird, but it was it was very Nate Diaz. But that that's got to be tough for Leon Edwards because he did win the fight. But all anyone is talking about coming out of that thing is Nate Diaz. That's it. No one is talking about him actually winning. You, I, I'm pretty confident in saying, if you fight Nate Diaz, you do not win. I don't care what the scorecard says. I don't care whose hand they raise after it. You never win because you're just, he's going to stand there in the middle of the ring with you and just throw. You may, you may somehow be declared winner, but it's going to take its toll. He is, Nate Diaz is the people's champion. There's no doubt. But my loser of the weekend, Texas football. Arch Manning was in Austin for an unofficial visit and participated in Texas's elite camp this weekend. And that's a big deal for Texas, right? That kid is obviously Eli and Peyton's nephew. He's the number one quarterback in the class of 2023. There really shouldn't be anything negative that could come of it, right? Well, wrong <laughs> there was, well, there was even a clip of him like throwing a 70 yard bomb during the camp that was going around. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this kid can really rip it. But in true Texas fashion, Texas had him take some pictures in front of a bunch of trophies and the internet. Ted is undefeated. A lot of people were quick to point out that none of those trophies were from football. <laughs> that, 
it just ended up in people roasting Texas in this entire ordeal. And one of the, some of the favorite, the best stuff I saw where people were saying that the football team was stealing valor <laughs> from the swimming and diving team by using their trophies in their pictures. I could not uh, stop laughing, dude. <laughs> Stolen oh, valor it. from the swimmers and divers from Texas. I love football. it. Who would have thought Arch Manning was going to go to a diving school, but here we are. Wow. That's great. Which I'll tell you one thing though. It's almost a little frustrating and you know, Hey, I totally trust Lincoln Riley, but Arch Manning is going everywhere except for Oklahoma. Yeah. What Clemson, Texas, Bama. I saw Ohio state. Ohio state. Yeah. What, uh, what, Notre what's Dame. The deal there? I don't know. Every, like everyone, USC, Stanford, all of the big schools know Oklahoma. My guess is that Oklahoma's already got the 23. Um, they've made their pick with Malachi pick, Nelson, I yeah, guess. Yeah, pick their guy. I, I, it still seems inter- interesting, strange. I don't know that he's Oklahoma's not on that list anywhere. Eh. No. Well, we'll hopefully – Hopefully he doesn't go to Texas because I'm not going to lie. Some of these clips. Did you see the ball flip thing he did at the Clemson camp? Yeah, they just the little. You know the kid's cool. got it. When when the kid's doing that subconsciously, you know he's got it. So yeah, yeah. let's uh, uh, Arch take take your happy ass to Bama or Ohio State. Uh, he looks let's... good. I'll tell you though, I'm, and I'm not saying that if you get if you can get a player like that, you do it. There's n- there's no if ands or buts about it. But there's going to be a clown show wherever he goes, like following him around. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever he comes on campus, there you're you're bringing a whole lot of, you know, uh, attention, media attention, negative attention, positive attention. If you don't win it all, it's your fault because how could you not with Arch Manning? It's it seems like there's going to be a massive distraction wherever he goes, but. Whew, he looks like he's going to be legit. Yeah, I just looked it up real quick. Malachi Nelson committed to Oklahoma. He is the number two quarterback in the 2023 class behind Arch Manning. So he's supposed yeah. to make his like final, like whatever in July, I think, isn't it? I oh, know. yeah. I don't know. It just says it's got the OU symbol with 100% next to it. I'm looking at the 24 7 sports composite. So yeah. I took that to mint that. You know, took that to mean he's going to OU. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, hey Arch, don't go to Texas. Don't do it, please. Hey, I I don't think. Well, maybe it, it does change things, but uh, I'd like to see the profile of that game grow. I I'm not scared of. Yeah, you're right. To go Texas. to Texas. Let's see. Let's get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. Let's we go. need Texas to be better. God, man. Can you imagine the SEC Manning family having to uh, talk up the Big 12? Wow. How about that? That'd be good for the conference. Yep. I'm all for it. And on that note, episode 120 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
for just one more time.